0: Thanks for tuning in. It's the Ask Amadeus show, the show where we just basically talk about stuff I want, not what about you want. That's the most important thing that you need to understand. But I'm going to give you a little insight. We're going to talk about just real estate today. The second half, I'm just going to talk about the statistical parts of the third quarter of, of real estate. We're in the middle of the COVID shutdown coming out. Who knows where we are? our great leader, Andrew Cuomo has shut down parts of Brooklyn. Uh, Businesses are still trying to stay open. It's getting colder. So we're kind of transitioning. Um, You know, are people going to be spending time outdoors? Are they going to be indoors? Where are we going to land? Let me talk about a couple things that had happened to me this week. We need to get things open again. I know people are worried about the uptick and things like that, but there are secondary effects that are imp- impacting people. This week, I just want to tell you a quick anecdotal story um I can tell you cuz there's no names, but I get random calls all the time because I'm a real estate agent. I have my my public informations out there. Someone was looking for an apartment, right? And they I pick up the phone, they're they're asking for a studio. They're kind of like hysterically, not hysterically, but like There's a sense of urgency and a sense of discomfort, and they didn't really know what they wanted. They just wanted to get out. And then all of a sudden, the phone goes on and it's just yelling and screaming, and the kid's not on Zoom and f this and f that. Like we're not talking like just like little yelling, like really crazy yelling, then crying. They hang the phone up, and I'm like, oh geez, what happened? Then they call me back. I talk to them. I don't really do real estate, the rentals where they are located in the Bronx, but. Long story short, this person was trapped in their home, okay, with a, not a great situation. And um, I've ran into a lot of these things. You have roommates. Some people are unemployed. Some people are employed. They 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 can't move because their their job isn't steady, and no one will rent to them, or they don't have enough money. They've been living off, um, they've been living off savings. They don't have family close by, you know, uh, domestic situations as well. Uh, then on the flip side, you know, you have people who just left. And I've had people just mail me their keys. You know, some people were so worried about COVID that they just left. And, um, you know, that's also a problem, too. You know, you don't want people uh, unloading their assets in a, in a, in a just a frenzy, right? You know, that's not good. And then out of fear, because we, out of fear, you know, so we don't need that. But then on the flip side, you know, I've had some people who are saying that, you know, they, their relationships were strengthened by coming in together together with COVID. They got to spend more time with their kids. People whose jobs weren't affected, they are, you know, it's fun working at home. I outside my coffee shop, people are hysteric, like hysterically happy about how much they're working from home. And then, you know, the businesses that survive or were able to adapt and change, they're doing, doing okay. There's less people, less businesses that are open to compete with. And then typically, you know, some of these places where the clientele Went to Midtown every day, or downtown, or wherever they went, Williamsburg, and they're home, so they're doing a lot more businesses because people are the people who are just usually there on the weekends, or the evenings, or the mornings are there all day. So you know, there's two, there's there's always two sides to everything. So, but my my opinion my my opinion is that we just need to open up a little bit. We need to just get through this. We will the optimism. We need to err on the side of optimism, and uh, you don't want to get to a tipping point where there's a problem. You'll see in the data we're talking about. We're definitely way up from uh, improved from quarter two for obvious reasons. The market was shut down. Uh, And we're in certain places in Brooklyn, we're up from last year. And certain segments of Manhattan were up from last year. But overall, things are down, The, the volume's down. And when the volume's down, it impacts the data. So, all right. We're going to get right into it, a little long-winded. This is going to be about an extra 30-minute podcast. We go specifically into the details of Manhattan and Brooklyn, but you know, first, I, I got to sell you something. Hey, and welcome to the Ask Amadeus Show. Today, it's going to be a real estate episode, so if you are not interested in here about real estate and statistics and things like that then uh, this one's not for use, okay? But this one, if you want to know what's going on in the New York real estate market, this one is for you, specifically about quarter three in Manhattan and Brooklyn. That's what we're covering today. Obviously, we have other areas of New York, but these are the two that I like to cover for the most part. All right, let's get right into it. Manhattan, market report. Q3 2020 It's no no no, no secret that uh, there's been a lot of moving out of New York recently There is, um, you know, the COVID pandemic It's, you know, 15 days to sp- slow the spread We're going on six, seven months now We also had rolling lockdowns that are uh, reinstituted Not in Manhattan, but in other areas of Brooklyn Crime is, you know, com- relative to two or three years ago It's way up Historically, it's still way down compared to other parts of you know of New York um, or, or other histories of New York. So, let's get right into it. This is from uh, Compass, which is you know the company that holds my real estate uh, license right now, and these these reports are available for from many brokerages. There's a there's another one called Samuel Miller, which is a big analytics data company where they're compiling data a lot of this is taken from the Acris websites rls olr things of that nature so the covid pandemic has altered real estate activity in manhattan but the industry remains resilient as buyers look for more space and good deals particularly in certain price ranges including ultra luxury sector so as as we always talk i always i say that you know the the market is segmented there there's so much housing in new york it's a massive city uh it's one of the biggest cities in the world one of the biggest cities in uh, america it's set up on a grid system on an island and then you have the outer boroughs which are massive so it's really different and you have you know the, the difference between a five hundred thousand dollar apartment or a five million dollar apartment are very different so one thing we've been seeing is the ultra luxury sector has been taking a big big hit so um you know, certain there are big sales going on, but it's it's come down quite a bit. So overall sales were down 36% in the third quarter year over year, but it has a couple bright spots, you know. So uh, in addition to ultra luxury homes and units with more than three bedrooms, Q3 saw an uptick of an apartment's price between three and five million dollars. I want to say a caveat here is because the previous quarter, quarter two, it went down significantly. So uh, more Moreover, uh, Q3 activity was up compared to the last quarter. A testament, like I just said, to the resilient and agents adapting to the new reality. Uh, a couple of notable figures. There's currently over 10,000 apartments for sale just in Manhattan alone. That's 36% up compared to year over year. That's an unprecedented high. I hate the word unprecedented. We're done. We're retiring that word. Like, Come up with something more original and unique. Come on. 45% were new listings. That means that those are from this quarter. They weren't on the market in quarter two. So it's a spillover from the spring season. And uh, if you've listened to my other shows, obviously, if you live in New York, we have a very um, heavy season. It goes from like March to or even February. February to now, principally November, and then it it drops off significantly. It's similar to other markets. The weather has a lot to do with it, holidays, but obviously everything is different because of COVID and people aren't traveling, schools not coming in. So these factors did play a role. Uh, Now they're not as much. New York continues to show grit. Schools started reopening. That's not true. Not everywhere. Uh, They're kind of, in New York, they're going into kind of like a staggered ship where you have a couple kids, you know, certain grades come in certain days and certain grades come in other days at certain times. I live next to a school. Uh, it's been nice that it's been quiet. Let's be let's be, let's be serious here. There's the, the you know, kids like to have fun after school. You know, but there's opportunities to buy uh, to buy homes. If you're if you're looking in, in New York right now that the interest rates are really low and especially on the high end. A lot of times, you know, with interest rates low, people who have own high-priced properties, high income people they they have the ability to leverage themselves, so they can leverage themselves quite uh, a lot, and they have second third homes, and they might be utilizing their Hamptons home, New Jersey home, uh, staying with family, and uh, maybe in upstate. Uh, that as like we talked about, the, the market's been quite uh, quite good upstate New York right now. So there's you know. The methodology, how we do these things, like I said before, we talk about medium price, which is the middle price of given data set. Average price is the sum of all prices divided by all the total number of properties. If you've done any math in elementary school, you know these things. And it's only for the cu- current quarter. And uh, time on the market is one big factor as well, indicating uh, how much interest for buyer and how urgent buyers are. This is calculated by how many properties entered contract during the f- quarter given period. And a month of supplies is another one. It's a, it's an estimate of time that it would take to sell all current active listing listings based on a 12 month trailing sales rate. So how much is on the market based on the sales rate of the last 12 months? That's months, quote unquote, months of supply and simple things. Inventory is how much is there? How much is there? Contracts signed? How much is there? High end activity drove prices higher. I don't like the this kind of data because New York is one of those places where you have 50, 60, $70 million homes that can skew a data set, especially when the numbers are down. So if you have less transactions, but you have higher, high-end transactions, it skews the data a lot. So I don't really like that metric. Um, so in like we're saying, it's segmented. So for Manhattan, this is all of Manhattan. Average sales price $2.298 million. The median sales price is $1.1 million. Average condo price three point two. dollars Average co-op price $1.29. Average sales price per square foot is $1,345. Average days on market. 194 days on market, the average discount is 14%. That means off the list price what it's selling for. So if it's 100 if it's a million, it's going for 86 80 860,000. So, and 42% of the uh, properties took more than 180 days to enter contract. So that's that's up a lot from previous years. We are talking, you know, even just last year You know, 70 days, 90 days. So it's a big, that's a big jump. Recorded sales, 48% of condos and 53% of co-ops were sold, were on the market for at least 180 days. That's quite a lot. Significantly fewer one-bedroom condos were sold compared to last quarter, while two and three and four bedrooms and above units were notably more in demand. This is people who want to stay in the city and think that this might be a long-term trend, utilizing Interest rates to get uh, leverage their purchasing power. One bedrooms and condos have been seeing a little bit of a a dip for obvious reasons. People they if they if they know they're staying at home, they want to have more space. The median price of one bedroom properties self fell five percent, while two beds climbed to seven percent. Like I said, the data is always chopped up so you gotta it's like any information even you like watch the news they you can spin data however you want so you got to really get into the nuances of what you are looking for and uh condos and co-ops had greater discounts than usual no no surprise there co-op sales distribution by one bedroom count was typical but condos saw less fluctuation Let's talk about year-over-year data because, you know, you can. if you want to go to look at any of these reports, just do Compass NYC market reports, and it's for every quarter. We have other ones in L.A., Denver, San Francisco, all over. If you want some help finding them, just message me at Marcus Amadeus on social media. Subscribe to the podcast, Ask Amadeus. Find me on YouTube, Marcus Amadeus on YouTube. So number of units year-over-year down 31% which is significant. Medium price, 18%. Sorry, that's inventory, inventory up 31%. Medium price dropped, or went up actually to 1.7. Average price, 3.2. Average price per square foot kind of remained the same, only 2%, and average square footage went up a lot. So that's what we were saying before larger units with larger prices are skewing the data this is in manhattan specifically co-op sales seeing 40% more or 40% less in uh, units on the market median price remained flat average price is up 13% and average price per square foot is down 4% average size is, is remain the same And you know, if you're not familiar condos, are you own the property, co-ops, you own shares, and you're given a specific lease that gives you a specific apartment. So, and as you can see over here for Q3, you know, 37% of the sales are one to three million. That's typically, we're seeing most of the sales between between under two and under one. So this is a, a big shift. And this is another one, okay? So, look price per square foot, it's completely skewed by these 20 plus million dollar apartments. So that's something you need to be aware of. And again, average size skewed on the higher end. So the 500 to $1 million and the $1 to $3 million brackets saw the highest market shares with 35% and 37%, but it fell 2% compared to last year. Properties sold for three to five, had the most market share growth out of any price point. People upgrading to larger homes. Interest rates are now what, 2.7? Something like that for, for for 30 years. That's significant. It's, e- it's easier to leverage your, yourself if you want to. So, But you know, don't want to over-leverage yourself. Don't do that. It's not a good idea. Ultra-luxury condo buyers made their moves this quarter with nearly twice as many sales with significantly higher price points, 58% higher median 52% higher. Downtown continued to have the most sales, but had 5% less market share than the previous year. Upper East Side, FIDI, Battery Park City saw the most growth in sales, increasing 3 and 2%. Midtown had the highest average price, a result of a number of high-end sales, but also the second lowest median price. The average price of condos was highest in Midtown East, while the Upper East Side had the highest for co-ops. And again, this is going back to number percentage of inventory. One beds, two beds, most inventory. The new listing inventory again, one beds, two beds. This is just condo, this is combo inventory, just breaking it down in price points, which I you know, which is a better Skew of things. Also, you have each neighborhood's different. You know that New York was built in different stages and different inventory, different building structures pre war, post war. The new development boom in the late, the early 2000s to, to 2010, 11 to 16, continuing now. A lot of building is still going on. I'm not going to get too much into this. If you want to look at it, you can. It's it's just breaking down the data I had before. Same with the co-ops. We're going to pass on that. And that is it for Manhattan. Let's move into Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Market Report Q3 2020. That's beautiful. Look at that beautiful little... It's a beautiful picture. If you're listening to the audio, tune on to the YouTube. We do kind of like an OBS type style video that goes along with it and sometimes i put on my facebook page so the brooklyn market has been uh it's in a juggernaut over the last years i I say this a lot one reason that the brooklyn real estate market had such a boom is because we had a lot of um tax incentives for builders post 2009 to 2010 the uh, subprime mortgage crisis to incentivize builders to come to brooklyn and build we have extremely low taxes so if you bought one of these like three four unit condos up to 10 20 units like mid-level units in Brooklyn um, Williamsburg Gowanus downtown Brooklyn um, more like with residential it's it, the the more commercial and higher uh, vertical it goes the taxes are higher so if you're off those zonings you have a little bit less but you know it's it's known that you know you can have two three million dollar three unit Buildings in Williamsburg or Greenpoint, where your taxes for the entire year are like six thousand dollars, even less. You know, it's it's a, I have a house coming up in South Slope, it's a two family and it's like three hundred dollars a month for the taxes. So, overall, sales were down 37 percent in Q3, year over year. 37 for that's 37 percent. The sales are down, that's volume, the transactions, the turnovers. Q2. From Q two when the borough saw sixty seven percent decline. So sixty seven percent that was like height of COVID. We're up from Q two, but thirty-seven percent down from last year. So you follow me? The decline this quarter is not indicative of market trajectory as Brooklyn continues to be an attractive option for buyers to seek more room, outdoor space, and well priced homes. I live in an area called Park Slope. It is a low rise area, two, three, four, five stories max. Um, and these homes have, we have been doing well. Outdoor spaces are a premium. Walkability, the parks, prospect to prospect park, proximity to prospect park. Also, the open streets program has saved a lot of the restaurants. So if you go out Friday, Friday, I think it's Friday and Saturday, maybe it's just Saturday. Um, areas like Vanderbilt in, Brooklyn, Fifth Avenue, Seventh Avenue, shut down the streets, and it's fun. You know, till eleven o'clock, it's got sort of, you know, it's got a, it's got a, a different vibe. I don't know why we took so long to do this, and it makes the traffic a lot easier. It's not easier, but it it's given the, the the foot traffic back to the citizens. It's much harder to do that in Manhattan for obvious reasons. So Brooklyn is evident by uh, the median price in the borough climbing two percent to. Seven hundred ninety-two thousand five hundred compared to q3 last year so year over year it's up two percent uh so that's a continuation if it's a trend that's been happening for years you know it was really hot for 13 14 50. it's cooled down a little bit but it's still a place people want to be and especially if people aren't going back to office the offices they're working from home you know Brooklyn's a great place to be. Similar to Manhattan, contract contract activity and sales in the luxury range have rebounded to pre-COVID levels, like we said. Unlike the neighboring borough, overall inventory declined. So Brooklyn has definitely rebounded better than Manhattan for those specific reasons. You have three-unit co-ops. You can buy an apartment in a three-unit building. Not a lot of COVID interactions, not a lot of rules with your you know 500 unit building less density um the price point that you can buy apartments you get a little bit more bang for your buck although that's kind of changing because you know if you go to some of these places the upper east side that traditionally were much more expensive you know things in prime neighborhoods like cobble hill brooklyn heights park slope it's uh can be more expensive you know so it just depends. And we're like I said, the high-end activity is skewing the data. Most notably, the two-plus-million market has experienced minimal impact from the pandemic and economic uncertainty, while the single-family inventory fell 24% year-over-year. Year. So inventory is down, with the median price average sales increasing 3%. That makes a lot of sense. But that's a, you know, typically if something, if inventory falls 24% and it only goes up 3%, you know it still it still has some room to recover. So, co-ops fared moderately with decreases in high-end inventory. Co-ops don't turn over as much, it just takes more time. You can't use them for investment units. There has to be a primary unit for mo- for the most part. So, Brooklyn will continue to be an attractive option. That's what they're that's what we're going for here. All right, let's go through it. We don't need to go to the methodology again. We talked about it last time. Let's just talk about a couple of the numbers. Sales improved from last quarter with Early signs of a potential rebound. Average, average sales price, 968796 The median sales price, like we said, 792000 Average condo price, 989000 Average co-op price, 606000 Average house price, so that's a house. It's a single, it could be a single, two, or three family house. $1. It's just a, a smidge under 1.1 at 1,093,000. Average price per square foot, 757. Average days on market, less than Manhattan, 139 days, which is way up from 90 days in pre-COVID times, 70 to 90. Average discount, 9%, less than Manhattan, but there are discounts. You know, Buyers are looking for discounts and they're getting them. And certain 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 scenarios, obviously every property is different. And 20% 25% of the properties took more than 180 days. That's about half, not half, but you know, almost half compared to Manhattan. So discounts fluctuate very slightly compared to the third quarter in 2019. Co-op sales prices were distributed differently, forcing the median price down 8% and the average price up. So the difference between average and median, the average is divided across all, right? Across all transactions where the median is the most amount of inventory data points. As the lower half of the market was priced lower, the upper half of the market was priced slightly higher. People upgrading. They want their townhouses. They want to, if they're going to spend more time at home and they're spending less time on travel, less time on food, Things like that, They're, spending house, spending on your house makes sense, especially with interest rates. Condos were more affordable this quarter, while co-ops were more expensive. Again, co-ops tend to be, you know, this, the entry. This co-ops are more affordable when things are more affordable. You know, there's a little bit more demand when that condos are. Well, co-ops are more expensive, so more people want to have them. Condos, a little bit more expensive. They've we had our run-up, so. Houses continue to see higher prices, but no change in average size or average price per square foot was observed for for homes. So condos, the inventory is down. Average discount is six. Median prices change is zero. Average price is down two percent. Average price per square. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, excuse me. Average price per square foot is down 5%. Average square footage is up. Co-ops. Inventory is down 39%. This is year over year. So we're comparing it year over year compared to, not to quarter two. Uh, medium price for co-ops down 8%. Average price for co-ops up. Up 3%. Average price per square foot is up 7%. And average square footage is down 2%. And then houses, townhounds, homes. Inventory is down 38%. Prices up, medium prices up, price up 3%. Average price up 3%. Average price per square foot, zero. Average square footage, zero. So as you can see, compared to New York, less of an impact. But inventory is skewed. And like we said, when inventory goes down because the market was frozen, people are waiting to see what happens, data points skew different. So I, I do want to say uh, you always, just read into – always look into it a little bit more. If you want to do – call me or message me. If you want a specific um, neighborhood or price point and style of home, it, it it does matter. It is different. The south side of or north side of a neighborhood is different, even just a couple blocks. Like I know where I live, my block just doesn't get – as higher square foot or higher as prices for square footage as something that's one two blocks away because we're a entrance to a um a two two blocks or three blocks away but entrance to a highway. Fifty percent of condos and fifty five percent of houses sold for five hundred to a million at a at five and four percent increase in the market share respectively compared to quarter three so that means more of those transactions like you can see here so we're gonna go to the right here you, the the data see the data in manhattan was really skewed by these high-end stuff right Hi, this high priced por- portion where is Man- uh brooklyn' we're really in the 500 to one million all right that's where it is obviously you know and then it's in the, the if you see the um, percentage of units and then the average size so that it, it skews the data like well, well, sound like a dead horse but um, properties sold for 3 million above were the least impacted by the pandemic and economic changes and also saw the greatest increase in average price, 3%. The median price for properties sold for less than 500,000 fell 5% the most in any group. 3 million and up sales were the fastest to sell while the 500 to 1 million range was the slowest to sell on average. South, South Brooklyn had the greatest number of sales climbing 2% year over year to 50%. To 52%, which was of most of which were homes. South Brooklyn is very different from the rest of Brooklyn. It's uh, a lot like uh, Mill Basin, Bay Ridge, Dyker Heights. It's single-family homes, two-family homes with like a little bit of yard. So the, just the inventory, the how it was built is different. The majority of co-ops, 61%, sold for less than 500,000, and up 6% in market share year over year. North Brooklyn had the greatest decrease in average price, declining 8%, while Northwest Brooklyn had the largest increase, climbing 12%. Look at the, this is total inventory, as we see, you saw before, 500 to a million, the most, 500 to a million, pretty much dominating. And then, If you want to go and break this down yourself, it's all the data I went through. It's just breaking it down by the price points. If you want to get more specific, condo versus co-op housing as well. And this is overall, you know, we have a a very large city. Things are different for every neighborhood, like I say. And uh, you never want to look at the broad picture. It does give you a pulse on what's happening, no doubt. But um, you know, you always want to look for yourself. And de- go deeper into the details, that building, that specific unit, that layout, outdoor space, the condition of the apartment, the neighbor, the neighborhood, because um, it, it, it's very different. You do, it's a big place, broad brushes, paint, terrible pictures, even though I just gave you that market report. But you get the gist of it, right? And then you, when you want to get the nuance, you got to go deep into the details. So I hope you enjoyed this Episode. Follow me on YouTube at Marcus Amadeus, on Instagram at Marcus Amadeus. The podcast is called Ask Amadeus. If you're just listening, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Tell a friend. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent in New York, I'm your guy. Uh, we also provide all sorts of services for relocation as well. We helped a friend buy in Denver. We helped a friendly le- relocate to. New Jersey this year. We've done we have rentals all across the New Jersey as well, upstate. So we are here to help you. And the advantage is, is that if you have someone who's helping you who knows what you're looking for, you we also bring other people in our team in if say if you're relocating a local expert because you know, we'll we'll get the gist of what you need and what's appropriate and the market prices, but when it comes down to the nuances, you want someone local. And then we provide a second layer of support. We also have discounted moving services through Flatrate.com, so I can set you up with that. And then our con- our local contractors, if you're looking to, if you're not looking to sell and you just want to renovate or you need to- some help moving forward, or just renovating your place to sell, we help with that. So, listen, the the point is we cover it all, okay? So, enjoy the rest of the weekend. It's Sunday. God bless have a beautiful day go to some open houses if you're if it's still legal where you are and enjoy have a good day bye